Good morning. On this bowl of question crunch, the amazing cosplayer artist Catherine Hemming joins us to answer questions about being a ginger, being a cosplayer, and being a huge fan of demented pyramid demons. <laughs> Um, so, Catherine Hemmings, as my first guest who's outside of the country, I would like to publicly apologize for Donald Trump. <laughs> you know what? When I came to America in 2018, so many people came up to me and did the exact same. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I really am, because I was wondering about that. Uh, I know I like to apologize. I, I know when my friend went to the Netherlands recently... The same thing happened where uh, she would go to a, like a bar and they're like, yeah, we, we, we know you're not Trump. And then she's like, yeah, I'm cool, cool, cool. Yeah. But I just want to make sure to apologize at any chance I can. <laughs> it's like it's insane. Like he's insane. Um, but it's kind of entertaining for people in the UK to watch like how horrendous it all is. But we also have Boris Johnson. So we apologize for him. <laughs> OK, cool. So, so apologies all, all around. I like it. And I would also like yeah. to uh, pre preemptively apologize for uh, Kanye West. <laughs> what? Like, I saw that this morning and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> if anyone can run, like, for president, can I? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the rules are anymore. I really don't. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I remember I used to. I used to tell people that I would never run for president because I ha I I'm obnoxious and I say offensive stuff. But uh, now I don't know. I don't know anymore. It seems to be like a criteria now. So. <laughs> I guess so. Um. So I've been a big fan of your work for uh quite a while. I was trying to think of when I first was introduced to your work. I think my friend Michael uh, Michael Chick introduced me to your work by sharing your stuff and i was like i love her style it's amazing it's adorable Aww, so i want to know what your art history is what 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 ha, what got you into art and where how, how you got your style like honed in and it's it's fantastic oh thank you so much um when people ask me this question i always kind of feel like really guilty for other artists because a load of artists I know will always say, oh, I drew from such a young age. I was watching Batman and it inspired me. And honestly, I drew a little bit as a kid, but I stopped for years. All through my teen life, I didn't draw anymore. And then I went to Comic-Con and I met Mark Ellaby and Sarah Grayley. Um, if you've ever heard of them, they're Rick and Morty artists. I have a Mark Ellaby piece there right behind me. And a ton of Sarah Gray stuff over there. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very, very inspiring. <laughs> yeah, I met them and it was just kind of like a, they're both from areas where I live. Well, Mark Ellaby's a little bit more down south, but it kind of hit me that anyone can draw. I was, I don't know why I always assumed that you have to be like American to draw. Like if you're going to be famous, you've got to be American. <laughs> I don't know why I had that in my head, but I did. So meeting Sarah Grayley and Mark Ellaby kind of just went, well, if they can do it, why can't I? <laughs> it was just kind of that mentality. And that was about three years ago, four years ago. And then after that, um, my partner actually sent me a link to a comic creative catalyst that John McRae was running and uh, Dave Gibbons and Laura Howell. And so I got onto that, surprisingly, and I just ended up making a comic with them and everything just kept kind of like rolling from there. I kind of went, oh, I've made a comic now. Oh, I better make another one. And that was being Ginger. And now I'm like, oh, well, I better make another one. And this is being a cosplayer. <laughs> so, so you've only been drawing for about four years. No, well, I mean, you said you used to draw when you were a kid and you gave it up, but you actually just four to five years ago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I, I drew a little bit as a kid. But I did my art GCSE and I just hated it so much and I just gave up art. And I was, yeah, so four years ago I decided to start drawing again. That's why I always feel guilty when people say, like, oh, yeah, I grew up with Batman and I grew up with all these amazing superheroes and reading comics. And I'm like, I literally did none of that. <laughs> like, I had manga, <laughs> manga, but that was about it. <laughs> uh 
don't don't feel guilty because uh, everyone else like uh, we we all have our own paths. We all have our own paths. Um, yeah, I'm definitely one of the people that have been drawing all his life. So here, four to five years, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> But don't feel guilty about that. Don't feel guilty. Because I feel guilty for uh, the overwhelming, the overbearing uh, influence that America has that you, you you said you have to be American to be famous. That that sucks. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. It's just like, I thought, well, if you're going to draw for Rick and Morty, you've got to be in America. And here was like this adorable Sarah Griley and she had all this amazing work. And I was like, you went to the same uni as me? How did this work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with the other names that you mentioned, but when I heard Dave Gibbons, that's when my uh, my eyebrow shot up. I was like, oh, hey, I know that name. <laughs> and you know what the worst part is about it? This is how, like, guilty I feel about the comics world, is that Dave Gibbons was a teacher on my course, so I had him come in for a, a class. And I was just texting my partner, and I was like, who's Dave Gibbons? He's, like, my teacher today. <laughs> And my partner texts me back like, what are you on about? He's like super famous. He's this amazing artist. What? And I was like, I just took a sneaky photo of him. I was like, yeah, is that him? He's like, yes, it is. <laughs> 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 but it's kind of cool in a way because I met like these quite famous people who are my teachers and everyone else was like fawning over them. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's some dude. OK, you can draw pretty well. <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> I I remember when uh, uh what was it I, I remember when it, when you when the UK was going to have a vote and Alan Moore came out of nowhere and made a video where it's like uh you you know voting is very necessary we need a vote and I've gone over I've told people that Alan Moore is one of my favorite writers because he's just he's bonkers mm. and I love him because he's just he's a weird dude and if he if he's coming out of nowhere to tell you to vote then uh, things have gotten serious. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I said that was that was some serious vote that we had like two years ago. Everyone came out and it was just like, yes, let's do. Why isn't this like every time everyone needs to vote? But it was so nice seeing like all the artist community come together for that vote as well. My mind just went there immediately because when you said Dave Gibbons, my mind went to Watchmen and I started mm. thinking about the new TV series Watchmen and yeah. then, I was, then it got me to the vote and I was like, ah oh, man, two years ago you said. <laughs> Was it two years ago? I feel like it was two years ago. It I don't probably, know. Lockdown, my brain messed up. I, I completely <laughs> agree. When you said two years, I, I it probably was two years ago. It just uh, a lot has happened into it, it, a lot has happened in this year, let alone. So I'm like, ah, yeah. maybe it was two years ago. Oi. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's. I feel like we've been in lockdown for a year, so I'm just adding a year to every date. I'm just like, what's five? No, six years ago. <laughs> I. I remember you posted a drawing uh, this year of you holding, like, trying to caress uh, the logo for S uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And that made me <gasps> so depressed seeing that drawing because I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, um, when I posted that and it was just like, oh, no, don't attack San Diego Comic-Con. And then San Diego Comic-Con got cancelled. Suddenly that comic went, like, got loads of comments again of people saying, well, this didn't age well. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it aged perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> now, now it's a uh, it's a perfect uh, time capsule of the, of uh, just everything that we're trying to hold on to dear uh, that we're ho trying to hold on that's just being canceled and just obliterated. Um, yeah. You went to San Diego Comic Con, I think, in 2018, correct? Yeah. Um, was that your first time to San Diego Comic Con? Yeah. My first American convention and first time San Diego, yeah. Uh, that was a uh, that, that that was definitely jumping into the deep end for American conventions. Well, if you're gonna do it, like go hard. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fair point. Uh, just a lot of people when they're like, "Oh, I'm thinking about doing comic book conventions," I'm like, "Uh, you shouldn't do Comic Con. That's that that that's a deep end. I I would not recommend. I I I recommend like the training wheels kind of conventions. Like go to WonderCon, go to uh, Emerald City Comic Con. But you went straight to Comic Con. All right, I can. <laughs> I feel like that is just my life, though. I'm just like, well, if I'm gonna do it, I'm just gonna like do it. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> after after learning how to draw in five years, you're like, you know what? I think I should make a comic. <laughs> 
so how was that? How was a com, uh, San Diego Comic Con compared to uh, uh, Comic Cons in England? Um, honestly, the interior, like the stalls and stuff, were pretty similar. Apart from they were five times the size. Every stall was five times the size. But the main difference that we found was that the entire city embraced it, which was insane. Like, we couldn't go anywhere in San Diego without being reminded there's a Comic-Con. Like, even the pancake shop had, like, Spider-Man pictures up. And I was like, how? What? And then we ended up wandering around a random part of San Diego trying to find some food. And we ended up in a Game of Thrones little section that was completely offside. We were like, we didn't even know this existed. So, but like, UK cons, it's kind of like, as soon as you leave the comic convention, that's it. There's no sign there was ever a comic convention there. So it's kind of nice to see that the city embraced it. I, th- I think that most comic book conventions, that, that is the way. Like, Comic-Con is, San Diego Comic-Con in the Gaslamp District is completely different than most conventions that you're going to go to. Uh, I've been to plenty of conventions, and the outside world, a lot of the outside world has no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's like when you get on public transport everyone looks at you weirdly but when you did it at san diego it was just like oh yeah there's spider-man and there's batman yeah that's normal here i was like what <laughs> <laughs> i've been going to comic-con for uh, since 2004 this is gonna be the first year that i've missed unfortunately um oh. but yeah <laughs> it was a it was a beautiful winning streak um yeah i've seen it evolve and i've told people that in 2012 i think it was uh no not 2012 uh whatever year uh whatever year twilight came to comic-con that's the year when it got really insane where the whole city was like everything is comic-con yes i actually researched that for my masters because i did a master in masters in social media but i specialized it in fan and pop culture and so I was researching a lot about that year when Twilight came and how it drastically changed the Comic-Con scene and how fans just evolved from that and how San Diego Comic-Con had to, like, change their whole kind of, like, marketing section for it. It was quite insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, my friend, uh, my friend, she's a teacher and she was studying, uh, she was studying, you know, pop culture as well. And uh, they got to the chapter of cosplay. And in the book, there is a photo of me with her husband um yeah and she was like t- she was talking to her students and she's like uh yeah and there's my husband uh he is a textbook nerd all right <laughs> and I, that's pretty cool and i'm not even a cosplayer in any way that was just a brief moment where they some some person took a photo of it and decided to put us in a textbook um but you were gonna go to comic-con uh this year um yeah Having now had a uh, successful, uh, having a successful Kickstarter for being ginger, and uh, let's see, so this 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 episode airs, and it's going to be one week left in your your second Kickstarter for being a cosplayer. Um, yeah. Did you have anything planned for a big plan for this year at San Diego Comic Con? No, I was going just as a cosplayer. I wasn't really going to sell the book or anything. So I tend to just like I was planning at doing like a meet or something like if anyone had backed the Kickstarter, I would meet them at San Diego and maybe take a few books with me and sign them there just while I'm walking around. But I wasn't really planning anything big in terms of artist wise. Uh, a meetup is a pretty big thing. I'm I'm all for meetups. Uh, I've liked I, I think I prefer the unofficial meetups more than the official meetups. Yeah. But I think it, I thought it would be really cool, like just going to go to a coffee shop and be like, guys, I'm grabbing lunch. I'm at this restaurant for in the next hour. Come by. We'll have a drink. I'll sign some books. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether it would have worked or. I think uh, after seeing your, your your second Kickstarter being able to be funded in five hours, I think it would work. I'm pretty confident about that. <laughs> yeah, because um, I could. I was going to launch the Kickstarter in May this year, but everything got postponed because of coronavirus. So I was going to hand out like free comics, like free um, prints of one of the comics at MCM Comic Con in London. And that's been cancelled. And so I had all these little cool plans for the Kickstarter, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've been to plenty of uh, unofficial meetups, and uh, w- w- once I see it show up on social media, I was like, uh, I'm, I'm always yeah. like, I'm there. 
unless it's uh, if your meetup is anywhere near the line to Hall H, I won't be there. I'm not going to be. I don't want to be a part of Hall H in any way. Because I've, I've never seen it in real life until 2018. So the hilarious part is that before we caught our plane to America, me and my partner were writing like a list of all the panels we want to go to. And we were like, oh, yeah, we'll go to Hall H at this time. And, th and then we'll go here. We didn't go to a single panel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes we, sense. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, we just kind of went this year. We're not going to do a panel. There's just no way we're ever going to be able to get in. <laughs> I totally. I I I tell people whenever because uh, Hall H uh, for people who don't know Hall H is the panel that has all the big shows and all the big movies and the line there people camp out in that line. Um, I don't think that anyone listening to this doesn't know that, but in case you are, in case you don't, uh, Hall H is just. It's something that I don't even like to think about. A lot of people are like, oh, man, I can't wait to see you know, the preview to this new movie. And um, a lot of people have given prizes, big prizes to people in Hall H. So I can understand why people like it, but I don't want anything to do with it. No, it's just if I'm going to spend all that money coming to America to a comic convention, I am not spending like five hours at the minimum in a queue. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one year, my friend, uh, they, they had the uh, the Power Rangers Morpher, and uh, it was it was going to be at the Met, the Mattel booth, and I did not know the craziness that goes on with collectors. I didn't know what this was, and my friend's like, "Oh, yeah. if you go to the Mattel booth, booth, can you pick this up?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll see." And I went there, and uh, I feel like the guy laughed at me when I asked if they still had any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my friends yeah. were asking me to pop Funkos, and I was like, if, even, I've never been, and even I know that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you already have the advantage over me, because I, I, I never buy any of those exclusives. So uh, when he asked me, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Nope, I was, I was naive. I was wrong. <laughs> um, I, I wrote this question down, uh, but I, because I got, I got your message saying that you weren't too familiar with Keith David characters. Uh, but I was going to ask you, um, if you were to draw a cute version of a Keith David character, which character would you pick? Um, do you have one? Yes. Well, I, I quickly Googled like his IMDb list and I didn't realize he voiced Glosseric from Star versus the Forces of Evil. And I love that show so much. And Glosseric is just brilliant. So I would totally draw him. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good, good. So I didn't realize he was the president when you said from Rick and Morty. I was like, what? He's he's an actor that uh, his voice is just in every cartoon all over the place, and I feel like yeah. I, I feel like not a lot of people know that he is as big as he is, and I want more people to know him because I love him. <laughs> well, when um, I was looking for the list, it was insane how many like cartoons I knew, and I was like, I did not know he was in any of these. <laughs> I've loved him since uh, he was Goliath on Gargoyles. Um, and after that, I've just, I've always, whenever his voice comes up, I recognize his voice immediately, and I've just loved it. Um, I, yeah. I immediately, I actually thought you were going to say Coraline. I thought that was going to be like when, when, you know, when people look at his list and you, you, you have a cat show up. Well, I don't. Coraline was a few years ago, so I, it might be uh, further down his IMDb yeah. list now that I think about it. The um, stop motion Coraline. Yes. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Who does he play in Coraline? Uh, he was the cat. The cat. I'm trying to think of the film now. I'm like, there was a cat. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a cat. The cat uh, taught Coraline everything because the, the cat was the one who explained the demon, uh, the the uh, the monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. I haven't seen that film in so long. Uh, it's a really brilliant film. So I don't know why I haven't seen it in so long. I'm a huge fan of Laika. So uh, while the while Coraline came out quite a while ago now, I think about it, I'm like, oh, man, I'm old. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just a big fan of Laika, and so the Laika films are always, like, on the top of my mind. Like, uh, if you, I, I will go on and on about Paranorman and how much uh, I love that film. Um, I'm still bummed about the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, I still feel like that Paranorman was robbed at the Oscars, but, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a conversation of a whole other thing. <laughs> 
Um, There'll be a second video to this where it's me ranting. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be just a whole podcast of me just upset about the Oscars. No, I'm okay. <laughs> we don't have we don't have to ha- hear that for an hour. Um, but your book, <laughs> I do want to talk about your book. Uh, the first book, uh, um, being ginger. Where did that come up with? Yeah, where, where did uh, you come up with that? Um, I guess it's because. It's, it's kind of like a horrible way to say it, but my sister always told me that my life was a bit of a joke. <laughs> like, all the things I would say that happened to me, she was like, these are hilarious. Why don't you make a book out of it? And I was like, okay, yeah, you know me, why not? <laughs> so I drew, I drew one comic, the one where it was um, they're at the beach and the girl squirts sun cream all over her. Well, it's me. And it got loads and loads of shares. And I just thought, well, people clearly like this. So I just carried on drawing a few more. I just got, it just rolled. And I, I, before I knew it, it was a book. <laughs> <laughs> that The sunscreen one was the first one? Yeah, that was the very, very first Bean Ginger comic. That is a really good first comic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why that was the first one. I think, I don't know, it just sort of went, if I'm going to tell a funny story about gingers, then it's all got to be about sun cream. <laughs> of course, of course. It's just, it's it's a really fine-tuned comic, and I, I, I think you posted it again recently, oh, and okay. I think I think it's well done. And so see, seeing that as your first comic, I'm like, wow, all right, cool. Right? Like, you, you definitely jumped yeah. the deep end of, like, being good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helps that like for the for the like the year before that I was really heavily reading Sarah Grayley stuff and Rachel Smith. If you ever heard of Rachel Smith, she's absolutely fucking brilliant as well. Sorry, I swore then. <laughs> uh, no, you're 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 completely um, yeah. allowed to swear. Swearing is perfectly fine, <laughs> and I I encourage it completely. And <laughs> I I feel bad sometimes because I feel like I cuss too much, and so I'm like ah. Oh. I'm, I'm glad that you're swearing now. It makes me feel better. <laughs> Rachel Smith is fucking good. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I read a lot of those comics. So it kind of like I knew the kind of pace the comics had to be in, in a way. And I guess it just kind of clicked for me doing diary comics because I'd read so many of them. Um, I'm like I said, I'm a big fan of your, your comic book. Uh, how many comics are in it? If you remember, if you remember off the top of your head. I think there's 42 or 43 and then like the facts pages and the shout outs to famous gingers make it up to like 50 or 55 I think it is Fant- fantastic um and yet so you have a list of uh, famous gingers which brings me to this next question uh who are your three favorite gingers okay yes weirdly my favorite gingers aren't actually mentioned in the book <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was like, I don't know why I didn't include them, but my all-time favorite redhead is Amy Adams. Awesome. Um, I don't know what you know, yeah. Um, her in Enchanted was just brilliant, and her in Big Eyes again, brilliant. I think she's just so incredibly talented, and she's so beautiful. And it just every time I look at her, I'm just like, can I just be you, please? <laughs> I feel like she. I, I know she's been too. She's been. In Two, there's two biopics I know about. I don't know if there's more, but there's two films where she played actual real people, and I think she's amazing at capturing the mannerisms and the just the uh, the essence of the people that she's playing, and it's just insane. Yeah, she is uh, so incredibly talented. In in Big Eyes is a good one where I remember watching the video of the yeah. actual person. And hearing the person talk and being like, oh, she sounds exactly like them. Yeah, I think that film, it's just so underrated that no one's heard of it. Whenever I mention Big Eyes, they're like, what? And I'm like, it's such a good film. And I remember the first time I watched it, I was so like angry about the story because obviously it's a true story. And like as an artist as well, it really like hit me. And my other favorite ones, by the way, um, it's probably Amy Macbeth. I don't know if she seems to be a very new actress. I've only seen her in Anne with an E on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is based off Anne of Green Gables books, where it's about this redhead um, child who they, they adopt and it goes through her life. And it's insane how much 
I was like her as a kid. And her acting in it is so brilliant. Because I've started reading the books as well, and she just captures it absolutely perfectly. If you ever watch, just watch one episode of it just to see her act. It's, like, so incredible. <laughs> you are definitely selling that show on me, because, like, uh, I remember seeing it when I was scrolling through Netflix and not being too interested, but, hey... It's on Netflix. I, if it's so convenient that's on Netflix, I'm willing to watch it. So you sold me. I'll, I'll start that tonight, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and my last favorite redhead is probably Karen Gillan. Oh, good call. <laughs> I don't need to explain that one. She is just the coolest person on earth. <laughs> I feel like she gets cooler every time I see her do something else. Doesn't she just? When she was Nebula, I was like, what? And then, like, the head and the losing her hair was like, it was just like, she's so good in those films. Um, I I was actually, imp- I was really impressed with her on Jumanji. Well, I was actually impressed by the Jumanji films all around. Uh, I did not have any, I did not have any hope or <laughs> I, 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 I didn't think the Jumanji films were going to be that good at all, let alone uh, as fun as they are. Yeah, I was really surprised at how much I laughed at Jumanji. I remember seeing the preview and being uh, being like, "Oh, why does a sequel have to happen?" And then watching it, and I'm like, "Oh, all right, cool. Let's 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 keep making more of these films. These are amazing." Um, keep it coming. Keep it coming. <laughs> I think I think the new Jumanji films is why I follow uh, Karen Gillum on uh, on Instagram because I just was like, I want to yeah. know more about her. <laughs> And she, she's a whole lot of fun. Uh, I think she, like I said, I, every time, I think I think it's more about her Instagram and seeing her post uh, and uh, adding stuff to her story that I'm just like, I keep getting more and more of a fan of her. Yeah, definitely. Um, but your second book, your second book that uh, you just started the Kickstarter. Uh, well, while we're recording this, uh, it's been, your Kickstarter has only been out for, a, it, it started this week, right? Yes, on Wednesday. Wow. Yeah, because Bean Ginger took five days, while this one yeah. took five hours. So. <laughs> that was insane whiplash. Like, I remember when I saw that post, I was like, what? hang on. <laughs> Yeah, it was so, insane that funded that quick. And then this book is called Being a Cosplayer. Um, what yeah. can you tell us about this book? Um, well, I feel like it's pretty obvious from the title. I feel like whenever I'm trying to explain being a cosplayer, I'm like, it's about being a cosplayer. Surprise! <laughs> 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 well, um, but yeah... All the stories are from my own personal experience, but I didn't want this book to be about me because I felt like being ginger, it was kind of hard to sell it to other people because it was just drawings of me repeated. But with this one, I was able to include drawings of like all of my cosplayer friends or people I see on Instagram. And it's just like little snippets of people here and there. So it's even though it's my stories, it isn't me in the picture. So I feel like more and more people can relate to it. Sometimes you'll see me in the book, in the stories, but they're not always me. <laughs> As someone who uh, does a webcomic that's based <laughs> entirely on my life, and uh, I, I, I redraw myself over and over again, sometimes multiple times within the comic, um, I know yeah. how you feel about uh, <laughs> the, the awkwardness of being about <laughs> trying to sell a book that's all about you. <laughs> yeah. And I think after being Ginger, I remember drawing the last comic and I just went, I don't ever want to draw myself ever again. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I can draw my fringe, like, with my eyes closed at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And... I, I was really looking forward to this book uh, because I'm also not only am I a fan of your art, but I'm also a huge fan of your cosplay. Uh, your, tic, your TikTok videos are amazing. And uh, I think that the one that really got me was your Bill Cipher cosplay because he's one of my favorite villains in any bits of fiction. <laughs> yes, Bill Cipher. I just... I know you're not meant to love him, but I love him. 
what's so impressive about seeing Bill Cipher is seeing such a legitimately scary villain in a kid's shell. Yeah. Like, without spoilers, the ending scene with the massive battle, the things he says to Dipper and Mabel, I, I just had to, like, pause it and go, is this a Disney show? Did he just say what he just said to some small children? <laughs> I think the first time that he shows up is when he get when when I had a pause. I think I, I yeah, because like I agree that I had to pause and re reevaluate what I'm watching, and that's the first time that Gideon you know when Gideon summons him and you know that's not too much of a spoiler. That's to try to entice people to watch it. Um, when Gideon summons him, and he's like you know I don't want to give that away because that was a very shocking thing and I don't want to spoil that. But when he first like shows yeah. up, it's like. Holy crap. All right. This is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, without, without trying to spoil it, I met a cosplayer at MCM London. He was dressed as Bill Cipher, like the actual Bill Cipher. And he said that line to me and handed some sweets of what he had in the show. And I just screamed at him. I was like, this is brilliant, but also terrifying. <laughs> that is that is kind of terrifying. Uh <laughs> That Bill Cipher is like my favorite cosplayer I've probably ever met. Like I know some mm -hmm. people are like really impressive with all their armor and stuff, but that Bill Cipher, it was just the way he acted it. It's, it's insane. He was so good. <laughs> I feel like the very subtle references to uh, to the story of the character. I think like I love I love armor and I love really elaborate costumes, but I really love the subtle uh, moments that make the character real. Um, when I was at, uh, when I was at, um, amazing Las Vegas comic-con, I saw the, uh, Baba Duke walk, walk past. And this was shortly after, yeah. uh, it got canon <laughs> when, when, when Baba Duke came out as a, uh, an LGBTQ plus, uh, icon, uh, I saw the Baba Duke walk past and I was <laughs> like, you know, you know, I think it was cause amazing Las Vegas comic-con is during June. And so that's pride month. And so I walk, I saw him walk past. And I was like, you know, pride. And Baba Duke, like the the character is walking all creepy, and then turns to me and gives like a finger, and he walks over to me and uh, hands me a pride pin. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it says little moments that like that that just you it just sticks in your mind forever. Very much so. Uh, that so so I don't know what how I'd react to Bill Cipher handing that, handing out candy. That's creepy as hell. Like, <laughs> um, what what is a one of the strangest moments while cosplaying that you couldn't that couldn't go in the book? Like, if it's too long or if it's uh, what what you know something that couldn't go in the book. That couldn't go in the book. Ooh, um. I'm not sure because I've kind of pretty much just put my life in the book. Like, no matter how embarrassing it was, it's in this book. <laughs> the one that I probably haven't elaborated on quite enough, like the little picture of it in one of the comic strips, is when I got my partner into cosplay. I mean, he did it before we met once. But when he met me, we kind of joined together and it was like, now he just cosplay pretty much whenever he can. And, and, I remember, and he does he does a fantastic Rick, by the way. I just want to mention that uh, yeah. his photos are amazing and his facial gestures are perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I absolutely love being Rick and Morty. And that was like the kind of cosplay that made us go, yeah, we are addicted to this and we need to do more. <laughs> but like, because um, after we did Rick, he started cosplaying the Grandmaster, and the Grandmaster if you know, he has blue fingernails and blue toenails and lots of makeup. And it was kind of weird spending the night before Comic-Con with him going, can you do my nails? Can you do my toenails? Can we like do like some <laughs> And can you just make sure this is good? And he was like going, my nails don't look good enough, Catherine, can you redo them? And I'm just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's the cosplayer now? <laughs> <laughs> And there was a moment at San Diego Comic-Con in 2018. Now, like, I don't want to sound really horrible, but he was getting so much attention. Like, he was walking around as a grandmaster, like, oh, look at me. And everyone was filming him and taking photos. And I was just sat on the wall with my, my Coke as Tinkerbell, just like, 
is he going to be done soon? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just me just sat there. Who is this person? I, I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about the Grandmaster taking uh taking fame away from Tinkerbell. All <laughs> <laughs> right. I was just sat there on the wall just like, so should I just do the rest of the Comic Con on my own? Are you having fun here? <laughs> <laughs> um but you're 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 the you uh the two of you uh, as cosplayers are great. Um, your Rick and Mo your Rick and Morty photos are fantastic. I love them so much. Ah, thank you. Um, I tell you what, actually, yes, there is a story which isn't in the book as me as Morty, where um, I was walking around MCM London as Morty, and this is one of my favourite moments. Is that a couple? I overheard them proper arguing at each other because they couldn't figure out whether I was actually a boy or a girl. <laughs> and they decided I was a boy and I was like, ha ha, no. <laughs> I, I, I would, I mean, did you, did, did you tell them no or did you say, ah, geez? <laughs> I just, ah, geez, and walked off. So I really hope they're still slightly arguing about it now. <laughs> good good i don't i don't want them to know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think the the creepiest convention moment and i'm trying to remember um i don't remember what panel it was but me and my friend were on the shuttle to uh i think we're i think we're going back to the hotel on the shuttle and we were trying to figure out who this person was on a panel and someone airdropped a photo of that person I was talking about and their name onto my phone. What? And I was like, so I did not, I, I, it made me realize I had to turn off my air, my public airdrop, but it made me like really creeped out that someone's eavesdropping and knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really cool in a way, but also like, hello? Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's the, uh, it, it might have been the FBI agent that's listening to my phone. So if it's him, congratulations on being uh, good at your job. <laughs> I actually did that for the Bean Ginger book because I did a lot of it. I drew it a lot while I was on trains because I was working in Manchester but living in Wolverhampton. So I drew a lot of it while I was transporting back and forth. And I was so tired the once. I accidentally airdropped a load of the comics to some random person on the train. So that person on the train just has like half of the original Bean Ginger. So, <laughs> <laughs> if they're watching, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I, I would like to think that the person was like just on the phone and they're like, I guess this is a thing that's going to happen today. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new marketing ploy, but I like it. <laughs> I. I don't want to say that I'm going to do that, but I totally, I, I want to do that now. I want to just like do random drawings, yeah. like airdrop them randomly. <laughs> oh, yeah, just draw a comic about the public transport and then just go on a train and just go like, you, 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 you. <laughs> I, I, uh, you, I think you've created a monster. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just waiting for like some big corporations to watch this video and go, that's actually a pretty good idea. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be bad when uh, people are gonna have to block ads for uh, <laughs> that are just airdropped yeah. in their phone. Oh no! <laughs> um, Not another trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but your cosplays are amazing, and one one uh, element that I keep seeing uh, is a uh, Squirrel Girl, and you know, very because you also did a Sandy, you did one of Sandy. Um, yeah. SpongeBob. Um, it, it, was it Sandy just because you already had a tail? Yeah, I already had the tail, and I just thought, just for jokes, let's do Sandy Cheeks. And then it got so much love on TikTok that I was actually I was gonna do it at MCM Birmingham as just like my cosplay, but then obviously it got, got cancelled. But I think I might just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, def definitely just do it. Um, but yeah, when I had the tail, I thought, why not? <laughs> yeah, of course. No, totally understandable. And the tail is fantastic. So why not do more squirrels? I totally understand that. 
Um, <laughs> but when did you when did you become a Squirrel Girl fan? Only very recently. Um, again, with my crazy four years actually to being an artist timeline. <laughs> I think it was only like a year and a half ago that I really discovered because about when I was a kid. This is this is some top notch secret stuff here. Um, there was a squirrel in a cage that I saw. And I was like, Mom, we've got to free that squirrel. And so I kind of climbed over a few fences that I probably shouldn't have, snuck into someone's garden that I probably shouldn't have, and I freed the squirrel. And so <laughs> I told my partner, and he was like, oh, you might like Squirrel Girl, because she likes squirrels. And so I started reading it, and I was like, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> what was, was the squirrel kept as a pet, or was it in a trap that you freed? It was in a trap. Oh, okay. So I was like, I am not on my watch letting that squirrel get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty great story. Uh, I'm. Uh, you you probably mentioned that it was a trap, but uh, with with the lagging, it was kind of like getting uh, choppy there for a moment. Um, I did not hear that, but now now the story is like, ah, oh, cool. You were a hero because at first, if it was a pet that you freed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone's pet, then it kind of changes the story a little bit. <laughs> uh, random girl people's houses stealing pets now. <laughs> break, breaking in. You're free now, loved one. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, definitely in a trap. So I started reading the comics like last year, maybe the year before, and I just fell in love with how normal the character was in a way because I felt like I wasn't really a huge fan of Batman and like his big superheroes that I couldn't really relate to but just this normal girl who didn't really like fighting she just liked talking to people and she just happened to have some cute squirrels I was like this is a comic for me <laughs> <laughs> and did, hasn't she uh I, I don't read uh Squirrel Girl but hasn't she I, I think I saw that she beat the Marvel Universe right yeah, well, she beat Thanos, and then she beat up the entire Avengers, it just in, like, an issue. She's just so <laughs> She is the most powerful Avenger. And why she wasn't in Endgame, I'm just like... <laughs> you're, you're, you're hoping that when uh, that, that whole moment where Captain Marvel showed up, it was Squirrel Girl? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, about time! <laughs> <laughs> um... What TV show would you want a squirrel version of? Oh, um, a squirrel version of a TV show. Yeah, like every character has become a squirrel. Well, I mean, technically, that probably could happen in Rick and Morty because every dimension actually exists. And then it would kind of go really hand in hand with that episode where Morty's running away from squirrels because would they be running away from humans? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the squirrel that 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 short story of the squirrels is still really hilarious. I <laughs> I, I loved that episode. That little clip. It was just so perfect. I, I'm actually, because uh, I recently watched, what did I watch? I watched one of the episodes of Rick and Morty because it was just, like, fresh in my mind. And um, now I'm like, I kind of want to watch that episode. I want to I, I wanna re-binge the series now. That's, like, every, every you know, every few weeks, uh, I get a hankering to re-binge the series. <laughs> oh, I remember what episode yeah. I was on. Uh, the episode I really wanted to watch rewatch was the uh, Whirly Durly one. Oh yeah! Oh wow! I haven't seen that episode in so long. Actually, that is such a good episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got, I, I I had an itch to watch that episode, and I was like, oh, I know what I what it was. I know what it was. Yes. Okay. Cool. So uh, I'm I'm I have Disney Plus, and there was an old movie on it called uh, The Black Hole, and they were getting really close to it and things started getting really weird. Like they had this like slow motion moment where they're all just spinning around. And I'm like, I need yeah. to watch the Whirly Jirly episode now. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that bit in Gravity Falls when they go through the crazy bubbles and they end up in like different kind of universes and they end up all distorted. It's kind of like that when you see them. 
that I know we've already talked about like that uh that final the, the finale of Gravity Falls and how great it was with Bill Cipher saying some really scary shit. Um but that uh, the, the finale for Gravity Falls is, I, well, I, I always tell people that Gravity Falls is the best show, period, because I feel like it's such a concise story and it's told yeah. so well in two seasons. Yeah, I often like Rick and Morty and Gravity Falls are like my two favorite shows. And some days I'm like Gravity Falls is better. And some days I'm like Rick and Morty's better. But it's just, <laughs> I just it's so it's such a story just in itself. It's just brilliant. And the way it all kind of comes together at the end, it's just so smart. I agree completely, and I've told a lot of people whenever we talk about Rick and Morty that um, a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people don't know how smart Rick and Morty is, and one thing I really love is that whenever they go to a different world, there's so many details that they put in the architecture, in the character design, and it could just be for a really brief gag that's only a few seconds long, but when you think about all the stuff they had to create, I'm just like, that's insane for just a few seconds. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know whether you know but there's two moments in rick and morty where gravity falls crosses over into it so i know there's... i know about the uh the portal where the stuff comes through the portal yes and there's also a moment in morty's mind blowers um you know when he's got all the videos out yeah one of them is fords from um gravity falls that's pretty awesome. I did not catch that one. Yeah, it's it's one of the back ones. Like I think it's on the left back. That's pretty cool. All right, cool. I'm I'm. Uh, thank you for that one. I, I I love hearing about the uh the tie-ins that they do. Um, yeah, it's because I spend a lot of my time every time a Rick and Morty episode comes out, as you say, pausing every scene just to look at the little details in the background because it's just it's so easy to miss, but they're brilliant. Um, for a long time, I was not a Rick and Morty fan. I'll confess, I was not a Rick and Morty fan. Um, just because in those early, first episodes, in those early episodes, uh, Rick would just do a lot of belching, a lot of burping, and it was kind of nauseating for me. Yeah. It was only until they did the uh, post-apocalyptic episode where he's, uh, he's not there so much, and I think they really dialed back on the burping and the belching. Uh, they're the same thing. That's yeah. repetitive. Uh, <laughs> they dialed back on the belching and that really sold me. So I was able to really appreciate the writing and the, the, the perfect timing and the art um, that it really sold me. And I went back and watched the whole thing and I was, I was able to get past the belching. Yeah. The first episode I saw my partner specifically showed me the one where he meets unity first and not the actual first episode. So when I watched that episode, I cried instantly. I'd never seen Rick and Morty before, but that episode made me cry my eyes out. And I went, okay, I'm in love with this show. Show me the rest. That, kind that, of... that, that was a... Sorry. That was a... Go on. Oh, carry on, sorry. <laughs> no, no you, you go first. You're, you're the guest. <laughs> See, I kind of sometimes wonder what our lives would have been like if we'd never watched Rick and Morty because it kind of took over our, our cosplay lives for like two years. <laughs> so so many uh, so many hours of your life would have been not doing anything Rick and Morty related. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, what would I have done? Would I have made another book? <laughs> <laughs> would this book have come out a lot sooner? <laughs> <laughs> would I have been more productive in my life? Yeah. Uh, speaking. Speaking of uh, uh, speaking of comics and speaking of books, since uh, you're you're because you have been you have been ginger, then being a cosplayer, do you have any more? Do you have another one that you could tell us another uh, in the series of being blank that you could tell us about? If you don't, I mean, if it's too much of a sneak peek, I would understand not wanting to mention it. But can you? I actually, um, no, the the thing is, I think that after this one, there won't be another being book, sadly. Aw. I think not for a while anyway, mainly because once I did Being Ginger, I knew that being a cosplayer was going to be my next one. Like, it just made sense. But at the moment, I can't see one that makes sense. And I think it's because I'm working on another comic called ZomCon. And I want to get that, and I want to get more into actual comics next and move aside from diary comics. 
So I've got all these amazing stories for comics. Like, I've been working on my original Candy Crusaders one for years now. And it's just, like, I've got the first volume written. And I just, I just need time to draw it. <laughs> I, I really, uh, I, I want to do whatever I can to make Candy Crusaders happen. Because uh, I think it's the Candy Crusaders that inspired me to get the commission of Pie Guy. Yeah. Because I think Candy yeah, Crusaders really- are... So if I really like, like I know you, it's weird to say. Oh, I love my own idea, but I absolutely love the Candy Crusader story. I just I think it's re- I think it's really smart, <laughs> and the Pie Guy will feature in it at some some point. Got to make him feature in it. <laughs> I I would I would greatly appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah, go for it. Um, I I mean, yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> Um, no, it, this, this is the perfect time to brag about how much you like your story. This is, this is the perfect time because I'm interviewing you and telling you how much I love it. Um, and I, I, need, I need the Candy Crusaders to happen because um, I think you recently did a, a, a team up of uh, a fan fiction team up of Batgirl and Squirrel Girl. And yeah. I think that um, I, I, I love seeing it and I would love to see a full fledged story just flushed out by you. I think it would be great. And I, I want to be a part of it in any way possible. I'm just like, ah, oh, I can't yeah. wait for that Kickstarter. I can't wait for that Kickstarter. I'm going to just, I'm going to immediately drop money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in a way I'm kind of like, I want, I started drawing Candy Crusaders last year. Like the first issue is actually drawn out, but I didn't like my art style then, so I just stopped and I've waited for my art style to change. So drawing Squirrel Girl and Batgirl was kind of like my testing grounds for drawing Candy Crusaders. Are, are we so, are we there now? Yeah, I think I think we're there. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm just I'm just wondering if you've if you've evolved in a way that you're 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 okay to carry on now because I really want to see this comic happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, Zonkon's coming out first. That's coming out, hopefully, January or December. So December this year or January next year. And mm-hmm. then as soon as that's done, it's going to try and get Candy Crusaders the first issue out online really quick. Excellent. I am looking super forward to that. Um, I know we've already mentioned about, uh, we've talked about a lot about Gravity Falls and Rick and Morty because I know that uh, we are both big fans of those series. Uh, of course, if you, <laughs> throughout this episode, you know how much of fans we are of those series. Um, which Gravity Falls antagonist and Rick and Morty antagonist would you like to see team up? Oh, well, it's got to be Bill Cipher. Bill Cipher and, uh... well, I mean, who would win in a fight, Rick or Bill Cipher? Because they're both oh, chaos. Man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think that this uh, recent series, uh, this recent season, uh, Rick kind of got really messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just got like when they said in um, the beginning of season three, I think it was, um, things are about to get real dark. I was like, yep, they got real dark real quick. <laughs> <laughs> incredibly dark really uh there there are a lot of uh, serious subjects that were just really just slammed into your face and just drove into the ground like <laughs> yeah even there's just little things in the back like in one of the episodes you can still see where rick and morty buried their own corpses and it's just it's just in the background and it's like well that's dark in itself <laughs> <laughs> i i really I, I'm always a big fan of uh, the the contrast of having really cartoonish characters and having really serious subjects being mentioned. Yeah, definitely. Being, being mentioned and explored, and I feel like Rick and Morty do that in such a great way. And I would like a uh, the the one thing I would really like Rick and Morty to inspire is people being more comfortable about discussing discussing weird and serious subjects in a more uh not lighthearted because lighthearted makes you feel like you know like a sociopath um but just being more willing to talk definitely i think it's good in a way that it is in these kids shows that as an adult you kind of you see it and you're like whoa that's a bit dark how did they get that into the show but as kids it kind of like it brushes over them but it leaves that sort of impact on them as well that it is okay to talk about those aspects of life and death is okay to talk about in a way like, you, it happens to all of us. 
acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said you didn't really grow up with Batman, but you knew of Batman. So have you watched the animated series? I've watched little bits, like here and there, because my sister, my older sister, she grew up with Batman. So every now and again, I'd watch little bits. And I've started to watch it now I'm older, just so I can kind of appreciate it a bit more. But I haven't watched too much of it. I've been really getting into, um, is it Batman? Oh, the one where it's like the live action ones. It's like, holy smokes, Batman. The the, the, the 1966 one? <laughs> yeah. I've been starting to watch that one a lot because it just proper makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, I love the 66 Batman. That's that's the first Batman for me. Like, my earliest memory of Batman is when Batman and Robin got, uh, they got stuck in two uh, ice capsules from Mr. Freeze. And I remember being a kid, yeah. and the ice was red and blue, and it made me think of Icy's. And that that uh that's the earliest memory of batman i don't even remember how that episode went down i don't remember anything about the episode except for them being stuck there and i remember them saying uh at the end they're just like uh um will a cape crusader get out of this one uh find out next time uh same bat time same bat channel (laughs) (laughs) oh wow i don't think i've seen that one but yeah i just i think they're hilarious I I really have to buy that series. I really want to own that series just so I can get to that moment and find out what happened. Or find out if the next episode even explained them getting out. Because I don't know if they got out. <laughs> <laughs> they can still be there today. <laughs> Come on, um, Netflix. Get on it, Netflix. We want it. <laughs> uh, have, so have you seen the, uh, the animated episodes of the 1966 Batman? No, I haven't. Uh, there, there's, there's two movies where they brought Adam West and Burt Ward back to be the cartoon versions. I have not seen them. Uh, they are called, uh, I think they're called, uh, The Cape Crusader Returns. Yeah. And yeah, it's animated and it's done in 1966 Batman style. And, uh, the second one has William Shatner coming on as Two-Face. Nice. I will, that shall be on my list of things to watch. I highly recommend it. I remember when I saw the trailer for it and I was not really that excited about it, but I'm a huge Batman fan, so I figured I'd give it a shot. And it perfectly, the, the writers were, the writers perfectly uh, redid the same kind of campy fun of the series, and I highly recommend it. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, if it's keeping the same kind of tone, I will definitely love it. It's it's great. It's uh, The reason why I asked about the animated series Batman is just because they had some really dark episodes that if you go back and watch the animated series, um, you're, you're it's going to be something similar where you uh, get to those moments and you're like, this is a kid's cartoon, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Um, we, uh, so what social media do you want people to follow of yours? Well, really easily, all of my social media is at khemmings94. So Instagram's probably your best bet. If you want lots of pictures of cats and more personal stuff, go to my Twitter. And oh, I, didn't, I didn't even know, there. I didn't even know you had Twitter. Now I got, now I got to follow you on Twitter. <laughs> So if you want me ranting and pictures of cats, that's my Twitter. If you want lots of art, it's my Instagram. And Facebook's there because you, you need a Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that, is a, uh, that is an accurate, <laughs> an accurate expla- explanation to any Facebook page where you're like, ah. <laughs> it's there because I suppose I have to have it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what... What uh, words of wisdom do you want to leave to any aspiring uh, artist or cosplayer? Or ginger? Whatever. <laughs> um, probably just like, it sounds silly, but just do it. Like, that's kind of how I live my life. It's just like, oh, I'll, I'll just do it. I'm already on this path. I might as well see where it goes. There's no harm in trying, but there is harm in not trying. So just, just do it. Like, if, you, if you're worried about cosplaying, it's more uncomfortable not to cosplay at a Comic-Con than it is to cosplay. <laughs> Just give it a go. 
I mean, like, I gave it a go, and I have two books out. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,